just announcing, as you heard here, 29 out of 34 regions will, uh, or sorry, 24 regions will be moving into stage three on Friday. 24 regions. It's the majority of the province, but it does not include us here in Toronto. As a matter of fact, Toronto, York, Peel, Niagara, Halton, Hamilton, Windsor, all exempt. They will not be moving forward as of this Friday. And we are expecting, uh, the government said, we'll get updates every Monday on regional reopenings. But some of the highlights include gatherings expanded now to include 50 indoors and gatherings up to 100 outdoors. And also starting Friday in the regions that have been given the green light, dine-in restaurants, bars, gyms, movie theaters, and some live performances will be allowed to go ahead. Let's welcome in Dr. Nadia Alam, of course, former head of the OMA, Ontario Medical Association. Dr. Alam joins us now here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Doctor, always nice to have you on. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Hope you're doing well. And likewise, I, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, 24 regions moving ahead. That's uh, the government just said 99%, pretty much 99% of the economy in this province. Is there anything of particular concern for you here? I think the concern for me will be how we move ahead, right? How do people interpret this move to reopening? Will they do so carefully, cautiously, maintaining the social distancing protocols, the, the masking protocols, the hand hygiene, all of that? Or will they kind of into what used to be our normal? Um, that, I think, is what will make or break our ability to move into stage three successfully. And what about things like dine-in restaurants, restaurants being allowed to accept customers indoors, and, of course, gyms opening up? Uh, is that particularly worrisome or troublesome? It depends on how the different businesses have prepared. Some businesses have prepared by um, separating, making sure that they separate people by six feet. Some businesses have prepared by even having plexiglass. I know a couple of gyms have installed plexiglass around, uh, say, the spinning bikes, right, the bicycles that they've got, so that um, even if people are part of a class, they're still protected as they're working out. Um, Some hair salons have done the same thing, too. So I think those businesses will be able to move forward safely. I don't know how many businesses have been able to, to put those kinds of precautions in place. Some businesses may not be able to afford to do that, especially given that during the pandemic, they had little to no income coming in. Sure. So much like when we talked about stage two, when that uh, phase, uh, that phase of the reopening occurred, uh, would your message to businesses be, although we know that you want to get to that next stage, that you desperately want to open up, please don't do so until you're absolutely sure and you're absolutely ready? Yes. My message to local businesses is, and I I come from a family that had a small that had a small business. My dad used to own dollar stores, so I remember what it was like, and I remember working there as a kid. Um, it was my first job. But what I would say to businesses is, if we can't succeed at phase three, and that means um, making sure that they're following the protocol protocols and all customers and consumers are following protocols. Um, if we can't succeed at phase three, we may face a rise in numbers such that we may have to go backwards and, and we want to avoid that, right? We want to avoid going back into lockdown. We've seen that around 
international jurisdictions. Australia, in fact, over the weekend had to reinstate lockdown measures in some areas because their numbers got so high. Yeah, what should we be monitoring? Is it just caseload, case numbers when it comes to whether or not phase three is indeed working and is a success, or is there something else, another indicator that we need to keep our eyes on? This illness is multifactorial, so I think one number is not enough. Most of the people who are watching how things are going and measuring success are doing so not just by the number of daily case numbers. That gives you a sense of how many people are being tested and how many are testing positive of those being tested and how much of it is due to community spread, but also the impact on our hospitals, the impact on our community physician offices, all of that has to be looked at very carefully too. Because if, sorry, if people are getting sick and they're getting sick enough to end up in hospital and our hospitals end up overburdened, we may not be able to get ready for the flu season that's also coming up very shortly in a month or two. I was going to ask you, a doctor, can you put your finger on exactly why, and again, Toronto, basically it's the GTHA, Niagara, and Windsor are not part of the Stage 3 uh, reopening as of yet. Why have those regions in particular, why has it been so tough to get the numbers down there, do you think? That was a tough question. It's um, Now, remember, I can't speak for the medical officer of health. I'm speaking as somebody who's outside those discussions, outside those tables, who's watching what's going on and around the world. Um, I think a lot of those areas have high population density. They have a lot of commuting. There's a lot of um, businesses that are part of those communities. They are, they're challenging. It's challenging to get the numbers down because a lot of people will live in high-rises, for example, right? And they may share elevators. They may share surfaces that you wouldn't necessarily find in a small town, which is able to easily socially distance, easily physically distance from one another. Cities like Toronto, cities like Mississauga, cities like Peel and Windsor, they are just so dense and so densely populated that it is challenging, even during these times, to maintain social distancing easily and comfortably. And there are just so many people, not all of them are wearing masks. Um, And we know that a significant percentage of transmission can occur from people who have no symptoms. By and large, most most people realize now that if they're sick, they have to stay home, they have to isolate, they have to get tested. The people who have no symptoms, that trigger isn't there. To, that signal isn't there to isolate. They, they don't realize it. And so universal masking is helpful in that regard. Yeah, as we know, we have mandatory masking in Toronto and other regions now in indoor public spaces. Just finally, Dr. Lam, do you believe that we're in the right path in these uh, hot spots that uh, eventually those numbers will abate, they're going to come down, and that the, these regions can also join Stage 3? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I honestly think that if... People keep making an effort to find a new normal, learn how to live with physical distancing, learn how to work with mandatory masking, learn how to just instate constantly washing your hands and wiping down and disinfecting surfaces and areas. Just get into that habit of a new pattern of life. We can move forward. All right. We will leave it there for now. Dr. Lam, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Jeff. You take care. You as well. Dr. Nadia Alam is the former head of the Ontario Medical Association.